Hello, and welcome to episode 119 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today, we're jumping on the uh, the hot topic <laughs> of the week, which is the arena economy, and then talking sure. about some real economy stuff, <laughs> and then just whatever else comes up. Yeah, just going to have a conversation today. Nothing, uh, nothing super in particular. We'll just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, so if you want to tweet at us your economy experiences you can get at us at casual tripod on twitter or you can hit us up on facebook at casual tryhard mtg as always you can drop us an email show at casual tryhard mtg.com uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about real economy stuff especially having to do with tcg player so don't forget if you're gonna buy any singles from this set whether it's Strixhaven proper or the mystical archives make sure you use our tcg player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com anything you purchase after following that link we'll get a small percentage of to help keep the show going uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash casual patrons get early access to show notes they get to listen to our pre-show ramblings that Lately, haven't really had a whole lot to do with magic, but they're us catching up and we record it so that if you want to listen to us ramble, you can listen to us. So sign up for that. Yeah. Selling it hard. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. You know what? Don't do it for the ramblings. Do it to help us out. Do it because you love us. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we have been putting a bunch more content on YouTube, trying to grow our YouTube channel. Uh, you've got drafts scheduled for at least the rest of this week and probably next week, right? Yeah, I've got 21 drafts done. Um, eight of them are already posted. Mm-hmm. And I've got, so I've got like 12 more to go through. So, cool. and I enjoy drafting this set, so I'll probably just be post, uh, keep drafting it for as long as, uh, my gems and gold hold out. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this limited environment's really cool. I think I think I'm probably gonna well, if the supply is there, I'm gonna try and grab a couple draft boxes to throw on the shelf because this would be a good one to draft once uh once we're allowed to draft again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if the, if those things exist. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> but yeah, so we got drafts coming out on YouTube. Um, I put up my box opening videos on YouTube, so go check those out. And I think I'm going to try a new video as well. Typically when the new set releases, I make like one order the weekend of actual release or the weekend after whenever I feel the prices have kind of bottomed where I just buy everything from that set that I could see myself wanting. And I think I'm going to start recording when I receive those orders and I'll kind of walk through my thought process and kind of tell you what I paid and, you know, why I thought that might be a decent deal. Because I order on TCG Player, the packages, like, don't come all at once. So I'll probably wait till they all come in. So I'll probably do that video next week. There you go. So um, also, for that. related to this, mm-hmm. they are just giving away Mystical Archives. Yeah. Like, there's a handful that are, like, ten dollars or above i would say mm-hmm. the vast majority are less than a dollar yeah super like, cheap even the rare ones yeah. there's they're like brainstorms like a buck we just looked at it mm-hmm. the uncommon ones like 
are 10 cents. Yeah. So like if you were like, oh, I really like the art on Snakeskin Veil, it's 8 cents. Just buy it. Yeah. If you're the, buying uh, another The Agonizing order... Remorse, I think, is really, like that mm-hmm. one's really nice. And the Eliminate, I think, is good art too. Yeah. And like they're standard legal, so. Yeah. And they're know, like. Why not spend a quarter to have like the pimp version of the card? Yeah. So like if you're ordering some other cards and you and you're in the like I need to I need two more dollars to get free shipping. Yeah. Just throw some like of the mystical archives in there and you'll be fine. Yep. There's a, a handful of cards that I spec'd on too where I bought like 20 or 30 copies of it. You know when I do that video I'll walk you guys through that process too how I came about to the conclusion that I did. Okay. I thought that might be kind of a neat a neat video idea. And then so we'll try did- that out. And then who did you run this video idea by? Uh, we were talking about it on Discord. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Dieter I was talking to. Uh, we were on Discord kind of chatting back and forth. Um, you had mentioned something about the Mystical Archives being cheap, and I had just remembered that I made a big order too and you know thought that might be a neat video. So I posted it up there and got some feedback, and I think I'm going to go ahead with it. So if you wanted to give me feedback on what you think of that video... You can also hop into our Discord and join the conversation. Yeah. Uh, should be a link in the description, and there's a link on all our social media. And if for some reason you have a hard time with the link, sometimes that happens, um, just shoot us a message on you know any of our other ways to get a hold of us, and we'll make sure you get a link to get invited. Yeah, and the decks we talked about last week, I think they both got posted in the Discord. So if you wanted yep. to play those... Uh, yep. there's the the deck list uh, section and you could just pull mm-hmm. those down and there's been a little bit of conversation about the neoform deck i've been going back and forth with someone so you can see some of the thought process in the deck as well and ask questions because it's basically the only deck i play in historic <laughs> yeah i've been trying to brew decks lately and it hasn't been working well for me so like i'll i'll do a draft and then have a sweet idea for a deck and then try and brew it and that doesn't work out so then i'll do another draft yeah there you go <laughs> like you said the draft format's good so like oh man i have to yeah, do the draft great. is not the worst place to be not at all yeah the draft format's a lot of fun all right uh probably my favorite from recent memory yeah like i liked Ke- uh keldheim initially and then it when it evolved into like a two deck format i was yeah. less into it this doesn't seem like it's there. It seems like yeah. you have a, a reasonable amount of play in all the color pairs. Yeah, and I, like there's different archetypes in the color pairs too, which is cool. Yeah. All right. So, like we said, the hot topic on Twitter and YouTube is the arena economy, which is, yeah. you know, the thing that is always the hot topic. Why don't we start out with some partially anecdotal, partially non-anecdotal evidence? Okay. I know I put $100 into Arena for Strixhaven this time. Okay. And out of that, no, it couldn't have been $100. It had to be $50. Okay. Out of that, I bought my Mastery Pass. Okay. And I had you know, some gems and gold saved from like the previous mastery pass or whatever. So I didn't start with nothing, but out of that, I ended up with 63 prize packs. So however many drafts and seals that is more, I think I only did two seals. I ended up with 63 prize packs. Okay. 
for basically, you know, a mastery pass and then just using the, you know, couple drafts worth of gems that I had and the couple drafts worth of gold that I had and whatever was left over from the mastery pass. That's significantly less than some of these other people are talking about. And I mean, I'm not super close to having the whole set, but I'm nowhere near complaining levels of having everything either. Yeah. Like I have reasonably everything that I would expect I would want to play. Yeah, so I I have done, we'll call it 20 drafts, because I've mm-hmm. completed 20 drafts. Those 20 completed drafts cost me 6,500 gems. Mm-hmm. And I have, the, they netted me, not the greatest turnaround, but they netted me, um, I think I'm at 56 prize packs, plus from like, did you have you guys seen the restorative burst uh, yeah, yep. code? So there's restorative burst, and then there's play Strixhaven. Yep. And a little birdie sent me a uh, a pre-release code. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Um, I do have a few pre-release codes. I don't have many. I don't believe many kits were cracked in the store this time. So I think I only have like four or five. So if you would like one. Hop into the free stuff room in Discord and let me know. First come, first serve. Yeah, there's so, not many there. So, so like, I guess I have like probably high sixties, low seventies in in packs, and I'm still gonna keep drafting. So like, you know, uh, sixty five hundred gems. Like, I buy my gems a hundred dollars at a time, and then I mm-hmm. just kind of limit myself to half of that per set release usually. Yeah. So I spend fifty dollars basically, like you did this time, but I like yeah. limit. I just like kind of like limit myself and again like i have not really even contemplated playing constructed with this format other than uh a little bit of historic i bought like i just like straight bought like brainstorm faithless looting and inquisitions were i think the only like mystical archives i bought and there's probably like i got stone rains too because i wanted to play ponza okay and there's probably a few <laughs> more that I would play, but that's basically it. Yeah. So I'm in the same kind of boat. It's not like I have everything. Initially, when I started playing, I was like, well, I'll just play a whole bunch and make sure I get everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for once they put in the duplicate protection, mm-hmm. I think that I got for like the next four sets or something, I got everything yeah. for every set. And now, like, there are some holes in my collection, but, like, you know, if it's the big, like, eight-drop red mythic that doesn't accomplish anything, like, I don't need right, that card. Like, yeah. I would much rather not open that card and get, like, the Planeswalker right. for the set as opposed to getting the big, like, having everything. Yep. So, like, I usually get to a point where I can just fill in the last few things that I like fill out the play sets I want with my collection of wild cards. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm apparently in a, in a different situation than these people that play on arena as their job. Like, right. I don't understand why they just never have any wild cards. Well, especially the two people that we're going to talk about in the content creator section, they play like a lot of jank and different decks every time they play. Yeah. Which can really burn through wild cards. This is true, but still, just like making progress towards like, yeah, the the mastery and getting all that stuff. Like it, ju- it just seems like, mm-hmm. you know, 
you should they should be getting a little bit more in terms of like a reserve. But again, yeah. neither one. We'll just say we're talking about Saffron Olive and Pleasant Kenobi, who have been yeah. kind of. This seems like a, yes, and it seems like it's a go-to video for them every single time yeah. they like. There's a there's a new set, but yep. they've been. I spent this much money, and like, look how little I got, and it's like, well, like you don't need all of these cards. Like you can kind of like at some point stop. Yeah, but maybe it is probably harder because they do play like you know garbage, but at right. the same time though. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, like, I usually end up with, like, every rare in the set. Yeah. So I don't know how, you know, how how they get there to, to the point yeah. they're at. I mean, one thing that does make this set different is, as was pointed out in the uh, Saffronala video, I have the links. I'll throw them in the description if you want to go watch them. Um, mm-hmm. They're also and, in our show notes that our uh, patrons will have access to. Yeah. They point out that this set has 21 mythics. Yeah. Which is like the most most mythics any set has ever had. Mm-hmm. So you have more mythics. And then with the mystical archives, you then have even more even rares more. and mythics. Yeah. So. Like, I mean, that argument's kind of neither here nor there, though. Like the mystical archive part. Like, I, you know, I understand there's more mythics and you know, they're harder to get or whatever, and that's fine. But, like, the extra mythics are kind of cards you're not going to play anyway. Like, yeah. you, you think mascot exhibition is going to be, like, a constructed staple anywhere? Yeah, like, are you going to play your much of brew about deck? Uh, yeah. But, like, the, the you other You think it's thing... going to replace Karn and Tron? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if your opponent went, like, power plant, tower mine i'll make a four four a three two and a two one flyer you'd be like yes oh thank god i thought it was going to be karn i thought you're i thought you're gonna play a real card i'm, I'm so happy <laughs> like, um, for, like where, where's that card gonna see play it's it's not like you know you have to collect that card but like i guess the other the the other like side of that is if you went liliana Right to play some like Magecraft like storm mm-hmm. deck with Liliana. Every time you get a mascot exhibition, that's you not getting a Liliana, right? Like so, if you have fifteen mythics, yeah, right. Each time you open a mythic, your chance of it being the mythic you want is higher than if you have so, twenty one mythics. So you had just said that for some period of time, it wasn't uncommon for you to get every rare, correct? Yes. How often have you gotten every mythic? I think like two or three sets. So basically you'd need to use mythic wild cards anyway, because for the amount that you play, which is obviously more than a lot of people. Uh, according, um, according to the email I get, uh, more than 95% of people. Yeah. Like, you still need to use Mythic Wild Cards. So, yeah. like, the chances like the chances of you opening a specific Mythic aren't good whether there's 15 or 21. Yeah, this is true. Like, I, you know, I open all of my, like, basically I save all my packs, do all my drafts, yeah. and then I open everything, and... And then go like, okay, well, I'm missing two Lilianas and I want to play that. So I'll spend two mm-hmm. wild cards on Liliana or yeah. like, that's basically how I do it. I just wait till the end. Now, granted, 
I don't have the in air quotes pressure, I guess, of like, I need to turn out a standard video yeah. on Friday, the day after yeah. the set comes out. But at the same time, though, like I have enough wild cards mm-hmm. that I could go into arena and just like make the 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 cards that I need yeah. to like play that first deck and not just like, you know, have yeah. to, you know, dump three hundred dollars in and like cross my fingers and hope yeah so like that's basically what saffron olive was complaining about is that he spent three hundred dollars on strixhaven release and still doesn't have a quarter of the mythics or something like that right yeah he he worked it out that like based on the myth mystical archives that he had that basically he spent it was like five dollars per every rare mm-hmm. and ten dollars for every mythic mm-hmm. based on like is it you know i have 30 uh mythics and i spent three hundred dollars so i spent ten dollars yeah. a piece on them yeah so um and he's complaining that he has to spend money to do his job yeah do you want to talk about my toolbox this is fair i'm sure it's a very nice um, toolbox my toolbox with no tools, like just tool storage, just a place to put my tools. If you were to go buy it right now, it would be $21,000. Oh, man. And that's with no tools in it. Dear God. So I'm sorry if I don't feel bad about Saffron Olive having to pay $300 when a set releases to do his job. <laughs> and he gets reimbursed for it. Right. Like, yeah. So why are you even complaining about it? Like he is probably the actual only person that's complaining about not having a full set of Strixhaven. This is a true. week after release. Like I like I said in the notes, I don't think that the content creators are like the best messenger for this. Yeah. Because like you look at it as like, well, it's your job and like yeah. you get to write it off. But they do try to turn it around too, and this is what kind of made me a little more sympathetic to it. Mm-hmm. To the idea of you know, I thought of let's think of Anthony, loyal listener, mm-hmm. only yeah. person who watches my draft videos, Anthony. <laughs> um, you guys can join him, but right now, um, right, if I got him turned on to that Neoform deck and he wanted to play that in historic, yeah, with like he plays sometimes, mm-hmm. right? He's like in and out, back and forth, like arena player, yeah, is. There's no way that he could put that deck together. Right. It would be I, I mean, okay. we kind of called that like from the get go of historic, though, that you yeah. just weren't like the way the economy is set up. You just weren't going to be able to do that. And like, I'm not, you know, defending the economy. I certainly think there's room for improvement. I just don't know if it's in the best taste for somebody whose job it is to play arena to be complaining about having to spend money on arena. Yeah, I th- I think framing it better uh, than the like, look how much money I spent so the economy is broken, right? Yeah. You could frame it, which uh, Pleasant Kenobi tried to do, which is he was like, look at this Gruel deck, cool mm-hmm. Gruel deck, it's thirty five rare wild cards, yeah, and six mythic wild cards, and so you just have to, you know, to get those wild cards, you just have to crack packs or like, you know, right strategically open 
packs from the right set. Yeah. Like, oh man, I guess I need to go open uh guild packs to get my pulp collector. Yeah, or I was going to say like throne packs. Yeah. So like I could maybe get questing beast and Lovestruck Beast. Lovestruck Beast and Bone Crusher Giant and uh, Embercleave. Right. So that's the set to open to like try to get those cards while you also like get your like wild card wheel progress or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if like Anthony wanted to play that Neoform deck, like that deck is just like random rares and mythics from random products. (laughs) Like there's no way that like I could say well, you need to open these packs because you have four cards that are in those sets. Well, you can't even. Like, you can't still open Jumpstart. Oh, you can't buy Jumpstart at all? Not that I know of. Okay. Like, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, you just can't. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Because you couldn't just buy Jumpstart packs. You had to. Join yeah, the you events. had to join the event. Yeah. So, right. Like, okay, you, there's four wild cards you have to spend. And it's yeah. like, well, Augur of Bolus is an uncommon for more of the spark. Brainstorms a rare from the Mystical Archives. Seagate Stormcaller is a mythic from Zendikar. Mm-hmm. You know, Neoforms from War of the Spark, right? I think. No, uh, Allegiance. Allegiance, maybe. Okay, yeah. So it's just like random cards from random sets. Like you don't know what to open. So yeah. I can see where, like. Historic is too expensive to enter if you mm-hmm. are someone who listened to this awesome podcast and then was like, oh, I want to play Historic. Yeah. Right? Like, Good luck. Yeah. Like, you know, as a, as a way to onboard players into Magic, mm-hmm. like, I think Arena, because of the economy, might be making that harder. Right? Yeah. You, like, show up and play your, like, free-to-play deck in Bronze. You get out and then like you get Saltite Ultimatum and you're like, oh, I want to try to do that. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, you go and find the deck list and you have literally none of the cards. Yeah. And like how long would it just take you to like grind like those prize packs? Forever. Yeah, forever. Like you just. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever even get there. Yeah. Like, you know, that deck's rotating. But like if you're like, oh, I want. I'm free to play and I want to put Luminarch Aspirant and um, what is it called? The the Exile Guy, uh, Skyclave Apparition. Yeah. I want to put those cards in my mono white starter deck because they're way better than the three drops I have. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are just two rares. So you would need like eight of them. Like right. how long would it take you to like grind your way to get packs of zendikar to be able to get those cards like if you were like i'm only gonna play mono white and i want to get these cards before they rotate maybe you could in a year yeah i'm not i'm not sure i guess yeah i'm not sure either but like i think that that's pretty daunting so i think that's more of the like i think that should be more of the complaint is not even like not everyone needs to be free to play but mm-hmm. the like you know the the free to like pay some model could be better yeah. because like you're not 
you're not really able to onboard people if they show up and then like the game feels like it's behind a paywall. Right. Right. I mean, that's the that's the the beauty of like the cell phone games. Mm-hmm. Right. The ones that like people keep playing are the ones that you feel like you're playing the game. Yeah. But maybe you just need like a little bit of a buff or like, oh, man, if I spend like a dollar, I get another crack at this puzzle as opposed to having to wait 20 minutes. Yeah. OK, I'm Jones and I'll just spend the dollar. Right. Right. But you feel like you're getting to play the game. You're just getting to play the game a little bit faster or a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Right. If like you don't feel like you're playing magic because like you're like, I don't know, playing like the bad uh, a Johnny's pride mate. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I'm playing a, a, a two mana one one that gains gets a counter every time I gain life. And then again, your opponent's like, well, I'll brazen borrower that. And then I'll bone crush that, and then I'll play my gold span dragon. You're like, oh wow, like they're playing a totally different game than me. Yeah. And so I think you get distur- discouraged, and then you're like, well, how can I play those cards? And you're like, oh, I don't think I can afford it. Yeah. So there's like, there's some happy medium that well, we can get I mean, to. Like I said, I wasn't certainly wasn't trying to you know make the point that the economy was the arena economy was good. Like I, there's definitely issues with it and, and we just went over all of them. So I yeah. guess I don't really know what my point is, but well, um, again, I think it's more like that. I agree with you that I don't think it's effective when two well-known content creators are like, look how much money I spent on arena. Yeah. And this is all I got for it. And yeah. then like, Pleasant Kenobi got mad because people were like, just draft. He's like, I don't want, I don't want to draft. I don't want to spend the time to draft. It's like, well, then you have to spend money. Right. You you can't have it both ways. Like that's like (laughs) literally how sadly that's literally how the world works. Right. Right. You either spend money to get stuff done or you spend time to get stuff done. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, I can pay someone to paint my bedroom or, I, or can paint my bedroom. I can paint my bedroom. One's going to cost me money and one's going to yeah. cost me time. Which exactly. do I value more? And, you know, fine. If, like, he values his time more, awesome. I'm, I'm here for it. But then mm-hmm. don't complain that, like, I have to spend money. It's like, well, it's your job. And, like, they go on little rants and they're always just like, well, I'm really lucky that I get to do this for my job. And it's like, Yes. So stop complaining about what your job entails. I, I say again, ask me about my toolbox. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of where, you know, this is, again, the, the big thing. And like, you know, it's a it's a hobby that costs money. And I think that like cards should be cheaper on Arena. Like if it works out that you are spending $10 a Mythic, yeah. Like, that's too much when, like, there's, like, I think we looked beforehand, there might be three Mythics that are over $10 Yeah, in the paper set. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you want a mascot exhibition? Like, that's 70 cents. <laughs> if that. Yeah, and then if you're, if it works out that you're spending 8 or $10 for that Mythic, well, then that's, that's a, that's a bad deal. Uh, so, that, 
kind of brings up the other point that we kind of skipped over, but okay. we should probably get back to now. Yes. And that's the mystical archives. Yeah. So... Because like PK and Saffron Olive were both complaining about the mystical archives too, and how like it's so hard to collect this set because of the mystical archives. Well, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, implementation is perfect or the economy is good or whatever. I, I agree. There are certain things that need, you know, could use some help and some tweaking, but like the mystical archives, as far as buying a pack goes are free. They are like, like they're just giving them to you extra. There's one in every pack, whether you open it normally or in draft. Is there, and, does it take an uncommon slot? Um, I don't know if it's an uncommon or a common slot. Yeah, that I I was watching like the Saffron Olive open packs in his like in his video and mm-hmm. like the mystical archive will be the in the rare slot and then your rare gets pushed over to where an uncommon is and I Well, it, so it, it's whichever like if you open a mythic mystical archive, it'll push your rare next to it mm-hmm. just for like display purposes and then yeah. it'll show the mythic mystical archive but what i but mean I, is I like i don't actually know like what slot it takes up yeah now. like what like is it pushing off an uncommon or is it pushing off a common but yeah, I'm not regard, sure. regardless right so when he was doing this the thing that got me was he was he opened like a lightning bolt in his like yeah. store pack and like, yeah. why are they giving you, making you open and collect cards you literally can't use? So I was actually watching that video in the middle of my no good, very bad Saturday. Okay. Um, that if you're a patron, you heard all about in the pre-show. So I was only kind of paying half attention, but like if he had like that might have just been duplicate protection. Like if he had all of the rare mystical archives already, like that's all that he can open still. The same way they do like your scry lands. Like if you had already had them, you'll open them at the very end. Yeah. Instead of gems. I mean, that that could be, which I guess then they're just effectively the same as opening gems. Yeah. But if he doesn't if he didn't have all the rare ones, like that to me just strikes me as like like, why are you giving me this card I can't play? I mean, yeah. even even just, like, showing you that card. Like, why? Mm. Right? I mean, when they ban Agent of Treachery and all those other cards that were still in packs, they just mm-hmm. took them out of the pack. Um, like, not if you didn't have them. You still got them even if you... I thought they took them out so you couldn't if open you, them anymore. No, I'm pretty sure if you had the rest of the set and that's all you had left to open, that you would open them. Okay, I thought they took them all the way out. But still, like, they should just take them out. For these, they're banned so you get the... Like, if it is the end, like, they give you the gems for them anyway when you open them. Yeah. So I guess it's, like, a wash. But, mm-hmm. like, it just seemed weird to me, like, why are these cards that I can't play in the packs, even if they're like the last cards you can open. Yeah. Like you just shouldn't open them. Like when they say what the, what's in the contents of the store packs, those seven cards just shouldn't be there. Right. And I will, I I will be able, I'll be able to report 
when uh, I start opening, if they mm-hmm. do give you the uh, the ones before you uh, are, are all full up, because I'm nowhere near all the rare mystical archives. But yeah, I, I'm not either, and I have yet to open any of the banned ones. Okay, in a in a store pack, which, okay. which is kind of why. And I knew that he had like most of everything already okay. when he was cracking those packs. That's that's why I mentioned that. I, I don't know 100% if that's the case, but... Yeah, I mean, I that, would, that could be it. That makes sense to me. Yeah, like, I've not opened any store packs, so... And, like, I've I've taken a couple lightning bolts, and you get the you get the 20 gems for them. Yeah. So, okay, if it, it is duplicate protection, like, that is better, but it just, just kind of was like, ugh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah like... Again, like I don't think arena should be free, mm-hmm. but I think there should be some way to, you know, have more control over what you get. You know, kind of like you know the dusting system that other card games use and stuff. Yeah, like eventually they're gonna have to do something like that because, like you said, like they, I mean, you're already most of the way to the point where, like, if anybody wanted to play historic. And they've only, like, say they started playing in Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. Like, realistically, you can't play Historic. You just won't play Historic. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're doing all this stuff to bring people to Arena. Yeah. And I know that once you get them there, you want to separate them from their cash. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, again, this is a math problem that you do in, like, you know, junior high, right? That it's like, well, if we have you know if if the tickets to the show are ten dollars and we sell a hundred tickets how many tickets do we have to sell if they're twenty dollars right and you're like oh i don't have to sell as many tickets okay cool yeah. so, but like i think you'd much rather you know instead of making everyone's pen two hundred dollars right if you, if you make a thousand people spend two hundred dollars or you mm-hmm. can get 2,500 people to spend $1,000. Right. Right. You make more money with more people spending less. Right. Right. And I think it's easier to get people to like give up $30 or $100. Right. Oh, yeah. Than it is for people to have to give up, you know, $500 and maybe get the cards they want for the deck that they want to play. Mm hmm. Right, like they should be like encouraging people to like be on arena more. Yeah, and... I need to like get better at not blowing my gold in the cosmetics too. I think I've bought one cosmetic, maybe ever. Yeah, I tend to buy like all of the Jund ones. Oh, okay, <laughs> like it's black or green or red. Yeah. We're in. Like I, I don't spend actual money on them, but I'm effectively spending actual money on them. Yeah, because, because they, like that comes out of what I would have free events for. Yeah, like I have, I think I have seventy thousand gold, so I have seven drafts worth of gold. Yeah. So when I get up to my like limit of like, oh man, I don't want to spend any more gems, I start yeah. spending gold, build my gems back up, and work my way back down. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm good now. So like, I think like I'm guaranteed somewhere in the neighborhood of like ten more or eleven more drafts. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can we can live with this. But yeah. I was thinking that like historic is like kind of like it's arena legacy. In yeah, that, but like, it might even be worse than legacy though. 
Like, in the fact that you're, but people are just priced out of it. And, like, you feel like you should be able to play it. Yeah. But, like, you just can't. Yeah. So, the reason I brought up dusting, I brought up that for a very specific reason. So, I'm yeah. going to find the tweet, but, uh, to link in the, the show. But there mm-hmm. was, uh, someone re- uh, wrote, uh, did an interview with, um, like, Aaron Forsyth. Okay. And a few other people for the upcomer.com mm-hmm. and he tweeted out i think the interview was you know a i'm gonna write you some questions you like type me your answers kind of deal yeah so it wasn't face to face yeah I, or like over zoom or something i'm not sure but the way like the answers were structured mm-hmm. it felt like that was how it was okay. but i could be wrong but the question that got asked that kind of relates to this is, uh, what do you think about how the arena economy compares to competitors like Hearthstone or Runeterra? How do additions like remastered sets and anthologies factor into reward to the rewards players receive for playing? And so, you know, first line, oh, these are very different games. You can't really compare the economies, blah, blah, sure. blah. Right, yeah, it's like, no, like, you open packs and get cards. They're kind of the same right. thing. and then you play a game with them. And you play a game with them, right. So, the thing that, like, so they go through the whole thing about, like, you know, we want to, our goal for our economy is to provide all players access to cards and decks they will find compelling and enable, and to enable play across a, our wide variety of formats and modes, right? And then, like, we didn't want a system where a standard player feels compelled to consume cards they don't need for the current meta, only to find they wanted to use those cards for historic or a shakeup event later. So they, and I know this from um, Ryan Spain has talked about this. He, uh, uh, he's now uh, on Twitch at Going Optimal, mm-hmm. but he helped develop the arena economy when he worked at Arena or when he yeah. worked at Wizards. And he didn't want to have a dusting system because he didn't want people like having to balance the the like well i'm learning the game and learning what's mm-hmm. good and what's bad and oh i shouldn't have dusted that card yeah right that with that extra level, level of complexity so i think right now wizards is trying to sell the we don't have dusting thing as well unless you keep all of your cards so if you need to play them in historic or you know whatever like bad card circus like event yeah. that we throw up and you're like, oh man, I got rid of my seven mana do nothing red enchantment. How right. can I play the do nothing red enchantment event? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So they're like, well, we don't want you to dust because what if you decide you want that card? Yeah. And it's like fair ish, but like, I don't know, have some faith in your player base that they can like, you know, play an entire like format and just go like oh this card i know it's only good in draft there's no reason for me to keep this yeah i mean that's kind of a not great argument anyway though because you can just like dust your cards and get back like obviously you're losing value but you can just dust your cards and get that card again yeah like you can like you know, you, you go down on the number of cards you have, but right. like if you sold out so you could like play Saltai. Yeah. And then 
a few months later, you're like, oh man, I don't want to play Salt anymore. I want to play this other thing. Hopefully you've cobbled together some more cards yeah, and you can like get into that deck. Like the idea of like, we have to protect you from yourself. Yeah. Is, is a little kind of ridiculous. Yes. So like, as of right now, like, I don't think they, at least based on this answer, I don't think they view the economy as a problem. Yeah. I think they're just like, oh yeah, this is like working great. And I mean, right. it is because it made them like all the money. Yeah, all of the money. Record profit when nobody's allowed to play magic. Yeah. So I think that is a very interesting uh, point of view. Yeah. I I don't see them fixing it anytime soon because I don't think they identify it as a problem. I guess another problem, a compounding problem, is that the longer it goes without them fixing it, the harder it is to fix, though, right? It is. I mean, it's so it's the, it's the reserve list issue. Yeah. Right? Where... You know, the reserve list was fine when Badlands were $50. Like, mm-hmm. no one was really railing against how bad things were. And people were like, one day, Badlands are going to be $100. Watch out. And now yeah. Badlands are $300. Right? It's like, I bet oh. they're more than that. Yeah. It's like, oops, well, that problem is now, like, thoroughly broken. Yeah. Uh, Badlands are currently $592. Oh, my God. Okay, right. So, like, now the problem is, like, broken to the point where there's not a reasonable fix, right? Yeah. And if, like, a tier 1.5 historic deck to, like, keep you on the client is $600, like, you're going to lose that person off the client. Right. Right? And it's much better to be getting $5 from that person than zero dollars from that person yeah like what i think makes it harder to implement the longer this goes on is look at a player like you or i that you know is going to play arena to hopefully in the future supplement their paper game yeah but has been playing the whole time right just as like a way to get games in you know where you don't have to go down to the game store to practice and like say two years from now they decide okay historic is just completely inaccessible for people we're going to implement a dusting system like somebody like you or me that's been playing since you know the game launched or before the game launched how many cards do you have to dust like you don't ever need to buy anything on arena again yeah i mean it gets it almost gets the like magic online issue where like mm-hmm. if you were good enough on magical online you just like went infinite right and never put any money in now there are yeah. those people are few and far between yeah but yeah like it could be that like i would just never well it depends right if you dust them into wild cards right mm-hmm. then i can't turn those wild cards into drafts right, right? but you wouldn't like you could approach a set differently though. Yeah, you could just like use the wild cards to get the constructed cards that you wanted. Right. And then not have to interact with anything else. I mean, that's how I interacted with Jumpstart. Like yeah. I played like three matches of Jumpstart, was like, okay, I see how this works. And then I was like, All right, what do I want? I want Alice or Shepherd, okay, fine. I want 
two crater hoof behemoths. I yep. want this. I want that. And then I didn't like get anything else from the set. Yeah. I mean, I, I interacted with it kind of like how I interact with paper magic now. Right. Where like, I didn't buy, I don't buy boxes anymore. I'm just like, well, what are the like singles I want? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do that because mm-hmm. it's less work and, yeah. uh, you end up with less garbage. Yeah. And I can get what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if 28, uh, foil mythical archive duresses ever become garbage, I don't want to live in that world. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that there is a problem where, you know, it could get to the point where like the top 5% of players don't have to put much money into the program. Well, but... I, I guess my point was it's, it doesn't even have to be like the top 5%. Like, I, you know, I realize our, you know, your stat card there says that, yeah. you know, you've played more games or won more gems or whatever than 90% of people. But even if you're just like a casual player that's been playing on Arena since Ixalan and then, you know, two years from now, so we're talking in the future, yeah. another five sets a year, like four sets plus at least one supplemental product are going to make it to Arena plus remastered sets or whatever. Like you're going to play through them. Like even if you don't play to the capacity that you or I play, you're going to play a little bit through them. You're going to have cards. How many of those cards have absolutely no use and you can just turn to dust? I mean, I think I told this to Anthony once. Like, I think that, like, probably 80 to 90% of the cards that yeah. I have in my arena collection have mm-hmm. absolutely no use. Right. Like, there's absolutely nothing I, I would use them for. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, you got to have a little faith in yourself and a wizard's faith in you to be like, Hey, you know what? This like five white white five five angel mm-hmm. with mentor. Guess what? I can dust it because it's never gonna get played in a constructed yeah. format. And if yep. it does, like you said, I can just go back and get it. Like I can have the equity of the one rare wild card for turning like four of these into a rare. Yeah. Like the card that popped into my mind was, and I can't remember the name of it now. The crab elf that lets you go elf. get another one. Oh yeah, it's like my a two drop gosh, yeah, the... uh, Growth chamber guardian. Yeah, growth chamber guardian. Like that card was great in standard and saw play and like was fun to play, but that car is nowhere near the power level of historic. No. That card will never see play in historic. Not one time. Won't see p- play in Pioneer if they put it onto the onto the client. Right. It it's that card is just gone now. Like yeah. sure, you had it for standard and now it is absolutely useless. So it's just sitting there in my collection. Like the card makes you play multiples of it. So even if something weird got printed, like you couldn't play it in Brawl or whatever. Yeah. And they're not going to come out with some weird format that's like, you can only play crabs. <laughs> so, like, what are you going to do with that card? Nothing. And how, ma- how many other cards are there like that that just random people have in their collections? You know, again, two years from now when they decide that, you know, the 
arena economy is not making the money anymore because people are sick of dealing with it and they're going to go to dusting. Like how many people are out there that can just dust three quarters of their collection and then never spend money on the client again? Very true. And I think if you, if you started dusting earlier, you'd get that churn where you dust yeah. like four rares to get one, yeah. which is what, what the conversion rate was for Eternal was four mm -hmm. to one. You dust four to get one, and then wait. The next set comes out, and those you turn sixteen rares into four rares into one rare for the next set, yeah. right? And you like yeah. worked your way down. Yeah, no, it's a good point that like you could just have so many. I mean, another thing is, in two years, how many different colossal dreadmaws will you have? <laughs> exactly. Right, like. You mean so I can just d dust this entire page of Colossal Dreadmaw? <laughs> I mean, this I already have page. more than a page of duresses. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, duress is another one. Like, I have a ton of them. Like, yeah. I could get down to two. I could get down to the Archive and the Urza's Art. And that's yeah. it? Yep. Awesome. I want to do that. Yep. But instead, it's like, no, you need eight pages of these. And it's like, yeah, oh. they do kind of paint themselves into a corner. But I mean, even beyond that, like you can't have people disengaging from the client mm -hmm. and they might not. Right. Right now, they might not. Because what are your alternatives? Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like they're they're making decisions like in, in an environment that is the absolute best for their digital client <laughs> right and if like what's gonna happen when like the client is like faces not ideal circumstances because mm -hmm. i mean so it started we had the arena hype yeah. slash oh my god this works right yeah <laughs> and that was that lasted six months to like a year maybe Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is so great. You can get in all these games, right? And then you started to see... So, like, that was, like, the... The... Uh, what was that? That was the Ravnica block, basically, mm -hmm. right? Was, oh, this is awesome. Right? And then yep. you got into, like... Well, okay, some of these games aren't fun. Yeah. But it'll get better, hopefully. Right? And then the world ended. Like we announced historic and pioneer, and then the world ended. Right. And so, like they've not. There might we might have lost a year in there, but I don't think so. Because we've um, only been doing we've been doing this for close. two years. We've been doing this for two years, and we started yeah. uh, in guilds. So right. like there was that year, then the next year. So like there was one year that I glossed over, but you're like, and then it was like. This whole year, all of 2020 basically has been the best conditions for Arena. Right. And, you know, maybe the warts and, like, chinks in the armor of, like, Arena as a money-making enterprise would have started the show sooner if we didn't just lock everyone inside and then said, yeah. like, Took well, if you want to play card. Magic, I give you an abacus... <laughs> or an actual program 
from 2017. And everyone's like, well, the program from 2017, <laughs> that's way better than the Abacus. I guess I'm going to play that. Yeah. Or, you know, hang my cell phone from my ceiling and <laughs> stand on one this, foot. Yeah. Do all this other stuff. Find to, every like, lamp in your house. Yeah. To play paper magic. It's like, no. Or, you know, oh, wait, all the webcams are sold out on Amazon. I can't even do this. Crap. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, what happens when it's like you can go outside and like people just like abandoning arena. Yeah. It's like, well, what have you done for the last year? I played arena. What do you want to do? Anything that's not in my house. <laughs> yeah. Name Get it. The... I yeah. just want to leave. And then they're going to be like, Oh God. And then maybe that will lead <laughs> them to fix stuff. Like, Oh man, why are sales so maybe. bad? But they might, they might just be like, Oh, well, you know, people are yeah. like, rushing to go outside but they'll they'll come back and it's like they'll they, be back they, they don't have to right right like you and i paper will, cards but or you know they can just not play magic right that's like, true you and i can will come back the people mm -hmm. that everything that magic has done and this also comes up in the interview in the the questions like everything arena or magic has done in the last 18 months isn't for you or i right it's for the vast majority of casual players that buy like four packs each set and play this mythical anything goes kitchen table magic yeah that we all hear about like everything they're doing is for them yeah and commander players but for right. them right we got to get them we got to give them like a code or give them a taste of arena and then like the game will suck them in and it's like maybe but maybe they're just playing until something better comes along yeah or maybe they'll move they on to some other game or whatever yeah or you know i think we've talked about this I, I know i've brought this up before the idea that like patrick sullivan said magic competes with everything yeah because it, it's using your like disposable income in your free time right and anything it competes with movies and restaurants and literally yeah. anything else uh people of the opposite or same sex like you know yeah human beings it competes <laughs> with human beings right yeah and so what are you gonna do if you're like people are like you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go out to the mall and sit and maybe interact with another human being yeah or like i have 50 dollars to do fun stuff each month mm -hmm. and my 50 dollars was arena yeah but now it's gonna I'm allowed be, to go outside. It's going to be beer. It's going to be beer or it's going to be or I give you $10 arena and my other $40 is I'm going to go to like a movie with some friends and, yeah. you know, go out to dinner. And that's yeah. going to be how I spend my leisure money. Or, you know, like me, it's like baby is in bed at 730. I can realistically devote two or three hours to like alone time before we uh, get into the realm of making poor sleep decisions. <laughs> right. And you know, there for a while, like I went like three weeks without playing arena. Cause I was like, meh, I want to play yeah. PlayStation games. Yeah. Right. And like, people are going to just go do other things like, Oh, I want to go. I want to go to the beach. I want to mm -hmm. go on a bike ride. And Go so, play frisbee golf or yeah, any any number of things. As we're trying to think of more obscure things, 
Like, <laughs> I want to go ride a unicycle. I want to ride a tandem unicycle. How does that work? Shh, just shh. Tandem unicycle. <laughs> tandem unicycle. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. Tandem <laughs> unicycle. Tandem unicycle. <laughs> right. But, and this is the weird thing, right? Is it's always like we the game should make money so they continue to make the game, right? Mm-hmm. We want the game to do well so we get more game. Right. But there's got to be a line that it's not like the game can't like ring every nickel out of everyone mm-hmm. indefinitely. Yeah. And I mean, like listeners, you probably know this, but the game hasn't been peak game. No. For a bit. Well, that was, so not the interview that you just pulled the question out of, but the other interview. Okay. Because they were two different interviews, right? Were they? You sent me two links. Oh, Yeah, you sent me the, the questions were separate from the article. Yeah, well, so what it was is those were the questions that he asked to then make the article. Oh, I gotcha. So, well, there there was a section in the article that talked specifically about that that wasn't in the questions that you said. Okay. Well, it might have been the part where they talked to Krim. Oh, maybe. So it was like he talked to Krim and where they were talking else. about bannings. Yeah, well, that's actually in the questions as well. Where oh, okay. I think Aaron Forsyth was like, "Yeah, we're getting better at it," and but admitted that like they're basically now designing for Commander. And arena and arena as yeah. opposed to actual paper cards. Um, right. So this was about communicating the BNRs. Let me find the, okay. So it was, what do you think has contributed to the increased number of bands uh, uh, in MTG since the launch of arena? What do you mm-hmm. think uh, the rate of bands would look like if arena didn't exist and people still played at the old rates with the old access to the games and most powerful cards. And so, so then the uh, uh, the other reason contributing to recent high numbers of bannings is where we, we've recalibrated who we're making uh, card sets for. With most yeah. standard and limited play happening on Arena now, the primary object, audience for physical magic cards is mostly commander, non-rotating format, and at home, anything goes players. Yeah. So, right, they're... So they're, like, having to learn how to make cards for this, like, other group of people... And I think I've pointed this out, like Golos was the commander card that oops broke a format. Yeah. And like I think Omnath was probably supposed to be a four color commander. Right. Uh that oops broke a format. Yeah. And broke multiple formats. <laughs> broke multiple <laughs> formats. So but yeah, so it was a add in the fact that we use the same card sets for both arena standard and limited environment as well as all all that goes on in tabletop, you can imagine how hard of a tightrope it is to walk. There have been some growing pains, but we've learned from our mistakes. Our designers are getting better with each set they touch. I think sets like Caldheim have shown we're getting better and better at making everyone happy. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Caldheim was pretty good, and yeah. I think Strickhaven is good. Well, I mean, I think it's we're in that, like, post, like, Mirrodin block oh, like, yeah. era where, it where was everybody like, gets to breathe for a minute. Yeah, well, but it's like, oh, this these last three sets were turned up to eleven. Yeah, and now it's like it's yo, seven time. Yeah, yeah, it's like six or seven time, yeah. which is you know why, like the 
Harley, like what faceless Haven, uh, like the blue, um, foretell cards, Epiphany, Aron's Epiphany, and uh, saw it coming. Yeah. And are there really any other? I guess Doomscar a little, but were there any other cards that were like really making an impact in standard from those sets? Like some kind of bit players. Yeah. And as we talked about last week and has like come up a few times, it's like, I don't think uh, Strixhaven's making an impact in standard, which I am fine with. Because Mm -hmm. again, like, you have to print like a better throat of Eldraine. (laughs) And like, no one wants that. Or some other like parasitic mechanic. Yeah. Right. Do you realize that we were like, yeah, food seems like a parasitic mechanic, and we just never realized that adventures was a mechanic. Adventures mechan- was, yeah. Was a parasitic mechanic. Yeah. We were just like, oh, these cards are two-for-ones. That's really good. And then it's like, oh, they're two-for-ones that you really only play with themselves because they put two uncommons to make the limited environment work that were busted. Oops. Oh, bummer. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they're changing who they're designing cards for, and I feel like they're almost treating Arena like it's a different form of magic. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're designing for Arena Standard and Limited. And it's like, whoa, whoa. You're designing for Standard and Limited. It's just being played on Arena. It's not a different thing. Yeah. It's well, I mean, this... maybe it is. Like, that's kind of a whole whole nother bag of worms. Or like two yeah. other bags of worms, I guess. Because yeah. on one hand, we have the whole topic that we haven't broached yet from like four episodes ago that was Scorps manifesto. Yeah. Just and making, we're not going to get into that right now, but yeah. we will talk about it at some point, but yeah, like just making them different. Yeah. Where you treat um, arena as a, like, like you would treat Hearthstone and go like, Oh, we should have put like two more blue pips on agent of treachery or, right. Winota should have cost one more mana or something. So let's just fix that. Yeah. So you just fix it and move on. Yeah. And then like the other bag of worms is like, what if, what if that's what magic is now? Like, we really don't know what magic's going to look like once, you know, you're allowed to play face to face again. What if like standard is just an arena format? Yeah. Where like no one wants to bother with it because on some level, you know, it's solved and mm-hmm. it's not fun. Again, right. everyone's sleeping on Pioneer, but this is where Pioneer has a chance well, to shine. Yeah, I don't, like Pioneer Pioneer never really got a fair shake. It yeah. had one or two, I guess, two big events and then the world ended. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's a lot of people running around saying that Pioneer's dead. I definitely don't think it's dead. Like, it just never never got a fair shake. Wait yeah. wait until people are allowed to play it again. I think the format's fine. Yeah, but it, I mean that could be the format that like a lot of paper magic takes on cuz it's yeah. You know, hopefully cheaper than modern. Mhm. And Well, I've got I got a bunch of thoughts about modern too. Yeah. But cheaper than modern, but more uh more diverse than standard. Mhm. Right? Like you know, you're not going to be like, oh, these are the like three best decks in in standard. There's nothing else to play because there's not enough cards to play anything else. Right. All right. Pioneer will be bigger, hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So we've spoken a lot about the digital card economy. Mm-hmm. And something I saw that happened in the real card economy that I thought yeah. we should touch on. Definitely. And so uh, Channel Fireball. Yeah, I they're think, like going like, restructuring, I guess. Like what's the best way to say what they're doing? Um, Rebranding? They are changing their business model completely and totally. There you go. That's the good way to say that. So You're better with words than I am. <laughs> I try. I try. So I would say that Channel Fireball, in my mind, is like the second largest seller of physical magic cards behind Star City. Now, you could tell me Card Kingdom could actually be second or whatever, but like well, they're in the I top. think it depends how you rate like either TCG or um, Magic Card Market. Okay. Like I was thinking of like, I don't know, like TCG, I know it's like a physical place, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a physical place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Channel Fireball, like I felt like I could like, you know, go to the Channel Fireball physical store. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if I feel like that for TCG, but let's say it's in the top five, like yeah. magic card sellers mm-hmm. in the US, right? Right, just someone synonymous with like they buy and sell cards. Yeah. They have decided they no longer want to buy and sell cards. Yeah, I did not see this coming. So they announced that they are going to sell cards one time more, and that is to Good Games, some miniatures place, and they're just going to sell all of their cards. Yeah. And then they're going to basically become an online marketplace. So yeah, the wording on this was really strange though, because you can look at it and say, Oh, they're going to become a TCG player where people go there to sell their merchandise. Yeah. But it also sounded like it wasn't going to be like TCG player. I wasn't really sure like what they were going to be in the end, because they were going to do, they were going to do buy lists for the site. And like right. you would still send cards to them to process where, where like TCG doesn't like, there's not like a TCG seller, mm-hmm. right? I can't just buy cards from TCG. I buy cards from someone else and then TCG fulfills the order. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if like, that's kind of going to be the thing Yeah. I don't or know. if it is just going to be like this weird, like CFB is going to become like Amazon for cards. Oh, that could be too. Where you just go and they just have a bunch of like, you know, again, it's kind of the TCG model, but they just have multiple sellers for like you put in a Tundra and like, you know, 10 people come up that have a Tundra that they want to sell. Yeah. And they're just like getting, like making it easier to find them. But I don't know. I feel like TCG already had that, uh, that market kind of figured out. Right. So, like, it seems like a weird thing to, like, work your way into. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's when really strange. Where there's already I read the this, article, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Where there's already this, like, big established player in the, yeah. in the game. Yeah. So, the reason I want to bring this up is they were like, we're going to honor your store credit for some stuff, but it won't be for singles or something like mm. that. 
And so I was like, this is a good time if you like have any channel fireball credit. Yeah. This is probably the time to get rid of it. So I had $47. I don't have no mm-hmm. dollars. I put in, <laughs> I bought a whole bunch of uh, mystical archives from them. Yeah. And then bought my whole bunch from TCG player. But I bought a whole bunch of mystical archives from them and was just like, cool. I am done with CFB store credit. I don't have to worry about getting stuck with it. Yeah. So it's in end the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because they've been selling uh, uh, magic cards since they were. Was it Superstars? Was the name oh, of the I don't know. Ba- that's the name of the sports card and sports card memorabilia uh, store was was Superstars. What they started as hmm. and yeah, channel Channel Fireball came from an idea of like Mashi and I think John Sasso and LSV like drinking beers in someone's garage and like. Oh. What if you could like watch magic videos online, you know, like like a channel for magic, and that's where uh, chan- that's where the idea of channel fireball came from, and that's why hmm. their logo for years was a fireball going through an old TV that had rabbit ears. I always wondered about that. Yeah, because that was the idea was it was TV for magic. Huh. And then you have the show Magic TV for years and stuff like that. But that was the yeah. initial like conceit of like Channel Fireball when like LSV launched it and whatnot at the Pro Tour in like 2013. Hmm. Right? Was they came up with this idea for like videos and then like, well, if people are coming here, we can start doing Yeah. Uh but they started out as like I think with Superstars was the name of the the shop. I've gone too deep in the uh Channel Fireball lore. But it's I, kind I didn't of, know any of that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, but it's it's odd because right there's this like pillar really of the magic community. The like the first place, one of the first places, if not the first place, to have like magic video content. Yeah, like we know it, like to some degree, like we know it now. Right. Was Channel Fireball, and they're kind of getting out of the like owning and selling of magic cards. Yeah said with trepidation as he looks at a pile of magic cards <laughs> that he owns. End of an era. Yeah. yeah. So part of why I find this concerning, other than just like, you know, the the threat to store credit in like there's one there may be one less place to like easily sell your cards to. Yeah, I mean you don't know what good games is gonna be like though. They might be even better than CFB was. They might be. CFB's buy list wasn't great. It I mean, wasn't. It was right, but... Right. But, right, if you're... The reason that you run uh, large, organized play events yeah. is not to make money on the large, organized play event. Right, it's to sell stuff. Yeah, it it is to buy a Tundra for $700 from a guy at 10 a.m., and right. then at 10 p.m. to sell that same Tundra to a different person for $1,000. Yeah. Right? And you make that transaction enough times, you have a very profitable weekend. Yeah. Right? So maybe they're kind of seeing it as like there's not going to be a lot of organized play going forward. Not that play and... has been particularly organized. Yeah. that I mean, that's kind of 
the impression I got out of that article that we were just talking about as well. Yeah. Is that they're designing cards for the kitchen table player and for the commander player and for the arena player. And never once did they mention the competitive player. Yeah. And I mean, think about like, we've talked about this too. Like how, like, especially in this set, how hard would it be if you had one of the double faced deans, mm-hmm. right? How do you know what both sides of your card do? In like, paper, yeah. Yeah, may, maybe you're playing a green red deck, and you're like you have the black dean, but you only ever play Lisette, the green right. dean on the back. So you're like, okay, I just flip this over every time. Yeah. Right. But how how do you know? Like, aren't you just leaking all of the information when, when you're, you're having like, to flip it over and read it? Yeah. When you're just like, uh, let me see what this yeah. does again. Yeah. Right. Because like, you know what? Dover of Secrets, it flipped over into a 3-2 flyer. Right. I think it. the only thing on Dover of Secrets was a 3 slash 2 and it said <laughs> flying. Yeah. And like Lisette is like, whenever you gain life, you may pay one if you do put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Yeah. Like, that's a lot more text. Right. I mean, some of them have like activated abilities on the backside too, which is just even more text. Yeah. And like, you know, God forbid if you're like in a draft and you're like, yeah. Um, do I like, do I know what the back of this is? Is this the one that the back is a spell or is it another creature? Yeah. Right. Like they're like the cards are very much designed for arena. Yep. So. What got us on this organized play thing is I will again try to find the video link here. Oh, nice. Is the uh, the professor in Pleasant Kenobi uh, dusted yep. off dice to removal for the first Ooh. time in like three months. <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about how like they're kind of afraid that organized play isn't going to come back. I mean, we've kind of alluded to this a couple of times too, where we weren't sure that we were pretty sure that it wasn't going to look anything look like it did pre pandemic, but that, you know, chances are it's not going to look anything like it. Cause it's not there. Yeah. And they talked about like, Oh, you know, you could maybe do like regional tours like star city did, which yeah. I mean, star city kept pulling back the star city tour and making it more and more and more regional. <laughs> I mean, luckily, it's our region, so maybe we will have events to go to at some point. Yeah, but, But like, because they weren't making a ton of money. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, if, you know, if they'll be able to keep going. Because, like, I was like, oh, this would be great. You know, you could have, like, the Star City Tour is kind of, like, East Coast. And, like, you know, Channel Fireball could be West Coast. And then everyone who won one of the tournaments could play in, like, you know, the CFB, Star City, you know, East Coast, West Coast battle. And you're like, well, we could do like yeah. a North and a South, mm-hmm. right? And you can all have like a, a, a four region like rumble yeah. at the end of the year. Like that, well, that would be cool. But well, CFB seems as though they're bowing out of that, uh, <laughs> of that area. Yeah. And like, you know, what, it'll be weird if like, organized play for magic become smash brothers oh i don't know what you mean by that 
Okay. I, I don't know what Smash Brothers organized play is, so it has nothing to do with Nintendo. Like everything that is Smash Brothers is like mm-hmm. community run, or oh, okay. like or like uh, you know a video game store or something. There's not yeah. like a Nintendo top down. We promote Smash Brothers organized play. Gotcha. It, a lot of it is like community run and and things like that. So is it like magic organized play going to be like things like card Titan doing the eternal weekend Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, well the one legacy event this year is eternal weekend. So if you want to play legacy, you've got to go to eternal weekend. Yeah. And you know, Oh, well pastime games is running, you know, a 10 K in Minneapolis or wherever pastimes is, or pastime in the Northwest. Anyway, they're running a they're running a a 10k and that is the big event for like this month. And it's like yeah. all like smaller like regional things and stuff like that. As opposed to like wizards being like this is the pro tour. Right. Because you know, from what I from what I gather, uh, those who are of the commander persuasion don't care about the pro tour. Yeah, not and, at all. And kitchen table anything goes players don't care com- about the pro tour. Don't care about the pro tour, and apparently that's who our audience is now. Mhm. So, like it doesn't so make- I, I wonder if events are going to look more like the SCG con okay. where the the focus wasn't I mean like the invitational was there, but the the focus was also on like cosplay and commander and like it being an event not necessarily the tournament that was happening there yeah i mean i think that was kind of in response to how wizards was running their events yeah right because that was like what magic fests were supposed to become right because like when we started gps were about going and trying to win the gp right right and then Magic oh, Fest. so we were doing it wrong. I thought GPs were about going to an event and scrubbing out and playing sides. Well, mm, mm. <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. But I I went with a with a mistaken uh, thought that I was gonna like try to day two, yeah, and then like ride the lightning. And you rode the lightning <laughs> a few times. I did, yeah, right. So, but right, like, so I think that they were like, oh, this is where magic is moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how much of like, do you, okay, we're, we're getting, do you know, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, uncertainty, like Schrodinger's cat kind of deal? Yeah. Right. Where, you know, how much of um, magic is moving towards commander? is because Wizards is saying magic is moving towards Commander. Right. Versus magic is moving towards Commander. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, the the super microscope example for uh, uncertainty is, right, right, if you look at the electron, now -hmm. you've impacted its momentum so you can't know exactly where it is. Right. Right. So we've looked at the the magic landscape and we've, like, zoomed in on Commander, and now we're pushing things more towards Commander because we're ignoring other things. Like, it's us as wizards making the decision to, like, oh, Magic Fest needs to be more about Commander. 
Like, is it like a self-fulfilling poppercy? Or right. does do you end up getting a higher percentage of commander players because players are like, oh, they're not doing stuff for me. Yeah. And like, how many commander players w- would be happier going back to the time when it was like, commander players don't exist. Yeah, and we're just the going over format. They get all the scraps. Yeah, you get all the scraps and like you're kind of putting together like a scrappy little deck mm-hmm. based on, you know, cards that were designed for standard and limited. As opposed to like, I don't know, every set being a like modern horizons yeah. for your your format. Like, yeah. oh, you know what? Like. Golos was probably too good of a five color commander. Let's give him Cody. <laughs> that can be fine, right? Sure, we'll give him Cody. Sure. Right? And so they just like, it seems like every set, they're just like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's, yeah. And like, I have no problem with them. Like, you know what? This could be a 2 2 with Menace and Lifelink for white black that is just like, you know, Silver Quill guy. Right? Mm-hmm. But. For Commander, we'll make it Bob, the Silver Quill guy. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay, he's a legend now. Cool. Okay, that's fine. Like, that's what really changed the limited environment. It's a card that's not going to see standard play. So if it, like, gets a home in some, like, you know, black-white Bob deck, okay, fine. Yeah. Great. But, like, to then just be like, yeah, we're just designing cards for Commander. And I don't know. We hope they don't wreck uh, every other format. Yeah. Does not seem like the good place to be. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe going forward, we might be in a situation where instead of there being like every three months an wow. event, like in our like magical, like six hour driving window. Yeah. We might be in a situation where like every three months there's an event. Yeah. Or like maybe or once maybe once twice a, month. a year we fly out. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. oh, Eternal Weekends in Philly. I want to go do that. Yeah. And Eternal Weekends in October or September. Yeah. I'm going to take off work or whatever mm-hmm. or redirect it's my class to the online environment and I'm going <laughs> to go. go to Philadelphia, right, for a four-day weekend or whatever. Or oh, there's an event here or there, as opposed to, oh, there's a schedule coming out. Let me see what three events I can go to. Right. Right? It's like, oh, there's what a schedule coming out. There are four events this year. Yeah. And that's going to oh, be Oh, man, the different. GP schedule and the Star City schedule clash. Yeah, oh, man. There's one in Atlanta and one in Richmond. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll go to the GP. Yeah. Oh, but the GP is like standard, but uh, uh, it's modern in in, in uh for Star City. Oh, I don't know. Right, right now it's gonna be like oh, there's an event there's that's an pretty event. cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. We should maybe go to that event. Yeah, what format is it? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I just have to couple it's together commander. cards. It's Commander. <laughs> it's it's C E D H. Yeah. Like crap! I gotta get a guy's cradle. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I think that the world is changing Mm -hmm. and again like we keep saying like the I like the game and I'm a little spiky 
is like those people are going away. Yeah. Or oh, those people are being gone. pushed out. I think they're being pushed yeah. out. Yeah. Right. And like that was kind of, if you remember back a couple of weeks, I kind of went on a rant. Yes. And had a little bit of mixed feedback about it. But that was kind of my point is that like, I think that players like me are, are getting pushed out. Like there's not really a home anymore. Yeah. You know, the spiky competitive players and you're either not playing magic anymore or you've transitioned into some other kind of player. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Josh under Layton's like Jim and like he top 32 some or top 16 some Legends of Runeterra event yeah. last weekend. Yep. And he's in the Magic Hall of Fame and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> Had enough. Had enough. I would like to play Runeterra now. Yep. So we'll see. But the like, I think the more the more people start coming around to like, oh, there might not be organized play when we come back. Yeah. Like, I think the scarier that is, because like they're all everyone's reading the same tea leaves. And when they start seeing the same things in the tea leaves. Right. It's like, oh, man, is it like actually happening? That's how a Ouija board works. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> everyone's pushing in the same direction. That's right. I'm not pushing it. No, you're pushing it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Or a magic it, magic eight ball, you just shake it, and it just always comes up. Does not look good. And you're like, are we gonna have a GP this year? Outlook Outcome, unclear. No, yeah, outlook unclear. It's like no. So you're saying but, there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So um, with that, somewhat sad. Yeah. Somewhat concerned. Uh, podcast about. Yep. I don't know. A little all bit of things, everything. A little bit of everything. But all things like buying cards. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> buying and maybe getting to use your cards. Yeah. I mean, it, when I had like kind of laid out the episode or whatever, I didn't want anything we said to come across as insincere. So I kind of just wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. And like when you when you just set out to have a conversation like you don't really know you know exactly what topics you're going to hit on or whatever so this was not like some scripted thing where we're like oh man we got to got to hit all these points to take down big hasbro right yeah uh, i mean no, we these, all know... these show notes were pretty sparse <laughs> yeah we are not, we all know mario listens it's fine it'll, yeah. it'll get <laughs> it'll get fixed it'll get it'll fixed. get back to him at some point yo mario hey mario help us out yeah please we would like some organized play. Yeah, we're spiky. Don't forget. For, don't forget we exist. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I think the spiky product in air quotes to some degree, mm-hmm. is like the, uh, the secret layers, which is kind of weird to sound say. Yeah. But like, oh man, I have this modern deck that I love. Oh, those shocklands are different and cool. I think yeah. I'm gonna get those. Yeah. Right. It's like for the person that's like part collector, part like has decks that they want to look nice. Right. Real quick, can I add something else in that I wanted sure. to talk about? We kind of skipped over. Sure. Uh, Modern Horizons 2. Oh, God. Yes. So we were just talking about how, like, you know, formats mirror may not be alive or dead or whatever, coming back around, organized play, all of the above. Everybody else realized the same thing. And modern prices 
are kind of in the toilet lately. Okay. I can't imagine they're going to be once Modern Horizons 2 starts getting spoiled in like three weeks, a month, three weeks. Wow. When It's soon, sooner than you think. Okay. So maybe if there was a modern deck you had an interest in, you know, picking up singles for, you might want to get on that before focus is brought to the format. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of staples that are real cheap right now. Like, I don't know. I think noble hierarchs are like 10 or 15 bucks. Wow. And I remember buying mine for 60. I got mine for 35 right after a reprint. Yeah. One more thing about buying cards and modern horizons and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, MTG goldfish now has a live updating EV calculator for Strixhaven. Oh, cool. So it live updates, and right now they say the EV on a Strixhaven pack was like this was as of like mm, this might have been late last week. Uh, it was like okay. a, was like four fifty, mm-hmm. and the EV on a collector booster was fifty four dollars. Holy moly! And it was like basically this is telling me that the um, Strix that the like. The mystical archives. mystical archives are overpriced. Yeah. Because like that can't hold. Yeah. Uh, at, at all. So. Hmm. Uh, so they have fallen from like March 28th. It was like $500. I don't know where the EV calculator is. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But they are less well, interesting. There are only one, two, three, three, four, five mystical archives that are over ten dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the EV calculation basically is kind of indicating that they're probably too high right now. Yeah. Which is part of the reason I was waiting a little bit. I guess I don't know where the Oh there it is, I see it. So E V for a collector box is three hundred and eleven dollars. Okay. EV for a collector pack is $26. Okay, so it came down pretty substantially. Yeah. yeah. From where it was before. Okay. Which makes sense. But they were saying, where was that at? So if you go to Goldfish and click on prices and then go down to price lists. Okay. And then then just scroll to the bottom of the Strixhaven section. It's at the bottom right there. Okay. It says bundle EV retail collector booster box EV retail. Uh, okay, two dollars and twenty one cents for Dragon's Approach. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So right now, like you're up on a collector booster box, almost right. break even on a uh, a collector booster booster mm-hmm. boxes. You're down. Booster packs are even. Set boosters, you're down. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Man, but I want to know where you can buy set booster packs for four dollars. Yeah, really. Where's where's that at? Yeah. And draft booster packs for three dollars. <laughs> yeah. Come. There's a place you can go and kind of see, you know, if things are a little out of whack because it still seems like the collector booster prices are too high. Yeah. If you're making $90 or $80 just opening a collector booster box. Right. All right. 
So with all of this, I think we have a show. Finally, I think we have a show. So if you want to tweet at us about, again, how you've broke the arena economy or how you can fix it, <laughs> uh, you can get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or you can drop us an email, show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. Uh, don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, like the super cheap Strixhaven and Mystical Archives right now before the prices rebound, uh, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Do it because you love us. And, yep, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, um, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. We got draft, Brian's draft videos coming out all this week, all next week. Um, I did my box openings already. You can check them out on there. We've got, I'm going to do my uh, mailbag video coming up next week, probably. So that'll be up on YouTube. Please help us out. Leave a comment, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, all that stuff. Help us grow the channel. Help us get some more ears on the show. Um, and we have our Discord. Uh, if you want to talk to us, you know, face to face, have a conversation. I guess not really face to face, but have a conversation. Um, all manner of topics. We got a room in there for finance, a room for general talking, decks, all sorts of stuff. So come on over, join in the conversation. Uh, there's a link in the description and there's a link all over our social. All right. So with that, yep. we'll catch you on the internet. Yep. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>